Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, thanks very much for joining me. Good to have you along. And today I'm looking forward to my conversation with Sammy Courtright. Sammy is the co-founder of a very cool company called Tenspot and it does some amazing stuff, but even more amazing is Sammy is a bit like me. She's geographically challenged. She's from all over the place. I believe she's a tri-citizen, if that's the term. But Sammy, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, I think that is the terminology. And I never knew for the longest time if it was allowed to have... you know, try citizenship. So I used to tell people, I'm like, don't tell anyone. Now I think the world is, you know, completely open to as many citizenships that you can possibly obtain. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it is a little confusing at the airport. I'm like, oh, which which one should I use? It's kind of fun. It's a, it's a nice decision to make. Yeah. Yes. And if in doubt, Australia, yeah, because, yeah. you know, we are Switzerland in, in many, <laughs> you know, parts of the world. People, people consider us to be very neutral, don't really know where we are, what we're doing, but yeah. we travel a lot. I love it. Uh, and, and for context, can you just explain to listeners where you've been? Sure. Yeah, I'll give you my, my background summary. So this will stop. Yeah. born in London, moved around a lot as a kid, but spend formative, spent my formative years in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I moved out when I was 18 to come to the US to go to university, went to University of Miami in Florida, graduated there, headed out to Los Angeles. And that's really where I started uh, this business that was formerly fit spot, but now 10 spot. And I can talk about that transition through the pandemic. And then now based in New York, not that it matters anymore. Right? (laughs) Like people like, where are you? And I'm like, does it matter? I could be, I could literally be anywhere. Living in New York now is a lifestyle choice, no longer like a professional choice. Yeah. Ah, It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of my clients are US and the UK, some in Australia, but my team, we're, we're everywhere. I'm, I'm an Aussie in Ireland and I've got people in South Africa, Romania, UK, US. Yeah. So it's just an amazing world we're in. I think 10spot is a brilliantly positioned business for the times we're in and the challenges that we've gone through the last two years have been horrendous in all sorts of ways. And at the moment it seems to be getting worse with conflict, but on the employee management side and the employee engagement side, tell us what is 10spot? What does it do? Absolutely. So we are a workforce engagement platform that helps companies connect and engage distributed teams. So what does this really mean? We are we predominantly do sell into HR or directly to managers and we help them connect and engage their colleagues or teammates through really fun team building events or team wide challenges with rewards and recognition. Nice. So it's got that gamification element that's just on the rise, I'm imagining, right? Yeah, you got to have it. People people are very much enjoying. There's points associated with certain tasks that you can complete. I think that's very much the future as we, you know, kind of talk a little bit more about the future in the next um, half hour. It, it, I definitely think gamification and that, it, that will increase dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about the evolution? Because I believe your business, because you have a co-founder, right? And it was a physically physical-based business. Is that right? Yes. Pre-pandemic, we were a company called FitSpot, and mm-hmm. we delivered 
scalable wellness amenities to companies nationwide. And so these could be anything from physical fitness classes to financial wellness courses to wine and paint nights, language classes, you kind of name it. We delivered these really unique uh, community-driven experiences on site being the operative word. So as you can imagine, cut to March 2020 and uh, the world changed overnight, inevitably. And my co-founder and I sat down and thought, okay, if this is a three to six month thing, we can write that out, right? We, we should do the, we should sustain our business and, you know, see what we can do. We started then getting initial data from Asia and Europe, who was kind of getting the pandemic just to touch before the US. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to understand their lockdown situation. How did going back to work, you know, kind of fit into their schedule? And we realized very quickly that... It's not going to happen, yeah. wasn't going to happen anytime soon. So we decided to turn our business to 10 spot, which is what it is today. And kind of with that evolution, we had several conversations with our existing customers and potential customers about what is the general sentiment? What are you, what problems and issues are you faced with today? Now that your team is fully distributed now in the future, it might be a little bit more hybrid or it might be back on site. And the overall general sentiment was, how do we get people to feel like they work for the same company when they're no longer in the same space? And I found that really interesting and, and a pain point that I wanted to, you know, kind of solve for. Now, that does not mean that TenSpot has completely solved that pain yeah, point yeah. yet. Of big course, challenge. that's always like that big North Star that you want to go towards. Mm -hmm. But um, it really was the catalyst for our uh, transition to TenSpot. Brilliant. So that's the big picture at the, the more micro level. What exactly do employees see when they, I don't know, get registered, sign up or start using TenSpot? What are some examples of how it's used in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. So hypothetically, you are the manager and you have purchased 10 spot for your team. Um, as an employee, hypothetically myself, I would log in and immediately see either a couple of team challenges that I could join. It could be a step challenge, a hydration challenge, or if I'm department based technology or sales, there could be a job based challenges. And for sales, if you reach 100 cold calls by the end of the day or week or month, depending on what your quota looks like, uh, there will be incentives for that. I can also see a couple of series of content that I can participate in with my colleagues. We call those watch together experiences. So taking a little slice of what FitSpot used to do with our on-site services and experiences, we now deliver content across several categories, eat, play, thrive, move, and chill. So as the manager, you would set up However many watch together experiences you want to have, the average is usually one a week, um, depending on the cadence and frequency. And the content can be 60 seconds long all the way through to 45 minutes long, depending on how you like to use it. But then I would then join those experience with my colleagues and we could either learn a new language together. We could learn how to perfect our LinkedIn profile. We could do trivia, something just completely non-work related and, and have some fun together. And then finally, there's rewards and recognition as well. So we found that a lot of the technologies available today around rewards and recognition was very much attached to milestones, which is extreme and KPIs, extremely important needs to happen. However, those more 
casual, like, hey, thanks for helping out with that customer call. I really appreciate it. Thanks for fixing that bug that really, um, you know, moved things along. We noticed that that casual uh, recognition and shout out wasn't really happening. So we've built recognition into our platform. So me as the employee, I'd be able to log in and send someone a quick note. I can even also uh, monetarily reward an individual $2, $5, $20, depending on how um, you know gracious you're feeling, and thank individuals for their great work. Then I can emoji, comment, respond to other people's shout outs as well. So that's just a very, you know, kind of employee experience. And, and you, of course, would get all the data as the manager. You would understand who's doing what, who's connecting with who, who's joining these, uh, you know, watch together experiences, who is doing the shout outs, who's the cultural leaders at our company. Yeah. And try and encourage more of that and Absolutely. facilitate those who are a little shy perhaps to, yeah. to take action on that. Give you the data so that you feel a little bit more well-informed as a manager. We've really recognized that suddenly people, I don't know about you, but me, I was a little bit of a walk the floor manager prior to the pandemic. My presence, I felt, was me managing, me being there, high-fiving, being present in the moment. And then suddenly I was forced to manage a team completely remotely. And I was like, oh, how do I do this? It's it's really complicated to ensure that I'm checking all of the boxes, professional development, socialization, team building. And our platform really prompts you as a manager to make sure you are checking those boxes and giving you insights and suggestions. Got it. So what have you learned so far in terms of which industries or job types, sectors would uh, fit or be more interested in this than others? Like I'm, I'm picturing a bunch of lawyers not necessarily jumping at it, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, other other service-based industries, call centers, all kinds of other industries might just love this because they're uh, it's it's resolving many sort of employee engagement challenges, employee turnover challenges, things like that. What do you see so far? Sure. So I'll make a comment on the lawyers because it's actually a really mm -hmm. interesting case study. But let me start with like ICP, our ideal customer profile at the moment. Um, 250 mm -hmm. to 5,000 employees, fully remote or hybrid distributed, you know, teams across the world at this stage. It's not always just US based, like we yeah. are no longer limited to that. And then tech forward companies, companies that uh, understand the importance of technology being the thread of kind of communication and collaboration. And also, and finally, companies that really are intentional with building community in the workplace. Uh, that would be kind of our ideal ICP. However, to your point, Firms like law firms, doctors' offices, companies and institutions perhaps that have never had to consider being remote or having distributed uh, teams were thrown a big one in March of 2020. <laughs> they were like, whoa, 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 what do we do? How do we do it? It's been very interesting conversations with those customers because this is not only completely new, but it's it's a lot of education around then the culture that's being created versus just not only onboarding the technology. It's like, how do you now want to set the tone for the company, you know, kind of moving forward by implementing a, a technology like TenSpot? So there's a lot of education around those types of customers, but then very interesting ones to um, work with. Very interesting. And then what are the potential objections or reasons that stop a company moving forward or, or being interested in using a service like 10 spots so i'm imagining the cfo says well it's just cost and then others might say well do we really need this what are the kinds of sto stories or objections you hear and then what's the solution or answer to those 
Absolutely. Of course, in any environment, you will always hear cost, right? We, we are actually, um, we do um, employ per employee per month uh, type of pricing. Mm -hmm. So per license per month, however uh, people like to phrase it. And we are um, a, a great a greatly priced uh, company. So that is mitigated quite quickly. Of course, then the, the tenure of your contract can also reduce pricing just like anything, right? The longer that you sign up for something, the more uh, break that you can get, a price break you can get. Nice. So where our sales team, it goes kind of back to really identifying that ICP. If through those initial, you know, kind of qualifying questions, we find that individuals are not as excited about um, you know, bringing the team together. They're not as, they want more of an individualized solution as in, I want my employees to do whatever they want on their own time. Sure. We say that's fantastic. You can do that through 10spot, but the whole reason we're here is to get people together. So it's more understanding culturally what tone is is um set with each one of the you know companies that we call on if it's very much individualized like hey we're individual contributors and we're gonna you know crush it but it's all based on our own initiatives we probably would still have a conversation because there's a way to make that work but i think early on we would be very clear like this is how collaborative it is is that something that you're interested in people have to be you know willing to join this is that the culture that you've created so I think uh, more uh, teams that maybe aren't as focused on that would probably find a different solution that's a little more self-run versus, you know, more team-based as well. I also imagine that some business leaders might think, oh, no, that doesn't fit our culture or whatever, but conferences, workshops, team leadership groups, sessions that I've either run or attended, you get a lot of people who are in there dressed for business, ready to focus, but they love the interaction, the activities, the, the community building type stuff that you've described. So you'd be surprised or they'd be surprised. So I suspect it's worth them checking it out and learning more. And a very quick way to kind of get that insight is we mm. run for prospects throughout the process a, uh, a free survey. Send it out to your team. See if they're really interested in this because it's all well and good that say you might not be interested, you individually, <laughs> but you're purchasing for the company. So let's get a pulse check on that. And we give you all the data. So, you know, regardless of how, if you end up moving forward with 10 spot or not, at least you're getting insights on, does my team want more team building activities and experiences to do together? Do they want more of a sense of community? Do they want to chat socially with all of these questions and just give you the information. And if the answer is yes to a lot of them, which to your point, it can be, then we're like, well, it's a no brainer. Let's continue the dialogue. And if it's no, then we say it's just not, not the right fit, but here's all the data. Yeah, that's very smart, very smart. Mm. Can I turn to the, the business growth? Because you started from scratch, so congratulations. What did you do in the early days to acquire new customers and what are the plans for business growth going forward? So what are the, the methods and channels you might use? Sure. So we do have a sales team first and foremost, and they are responsible for majority of the sales that take place. We do have a pretty gnarly uh, referral program for our customers as well. So we've found that, you know, word of mouth is really beneficial. And if you love, we all do this. If you love a particular software technology that you're using, you will tell people about it. And um, we have a, a great incentive for customers to do that. So that's been another uh, great opportunity for growth. I have found we do have demand generation. So an individual that's responsible for digital ads, SEO, SEM, and all that wonderful stuff. That has been a great um, path for 10spot to generate inbound leads, um, you know, with 
ads and uh, webinars that I run as well. On that note, press, webinars, case studies, white papers, establishing TenSpot as you know, a thought leader in this space on the future of work and why it's so important to implement technologies, whether it be TenSpot or not, um, you know, that kind of bring teams together. I have found that we get a lot of feedback around the thought leadership work that we do. It doesn't mean that they are immediately a customer. And in fact, we don't know if we even want that. We want you to learn something from TenSpot and make sure that we're a good fit uh, before you, you know, kind of move through the sales process, but we have found that thought leadership content to be really fruitful for customer growth and just engagement growth as well. The example you shared there earlier of the survey that, that you would share with prospective new customers, I think that's that's a genius idea. The webinars, do you think that they will continue because everyone's gone online, there's more online workshops and things like that? Is that a good thing for you? And how do you choose the topics if so? Absolutely. We actually let our um, our individuals select the topic. So we will send out an email blast to our email list being like, hey, here are the three things that we want to talk about. Are these the things that you want us to address? And then they kind of vote. And so it feel, they, people feel more invested in the topics that you're covering. It then also allows us to have a little bit more communication with the individuals that are participating in this. What are the problems that you're facing? How can we address that? Um, so we've, we have found webinars and we do feel in the future absolutely that they will be a major part of 10Spot's success. Um, and whatever medium that it comes in, I find that I've been making our webinars super short and sweet. They're like 30 minutes max. We bring either a co-host on, a guest on, and we just have a fireside, very casual chat about the topic that has been selected Selected. And we've noticed that participants are then turning their videos on, their cameras on, and unmuting really? themselves. Yeah, and joining in the dialogue. Oh, I like this. And me too. And I, I never anticipated that previously in 2021. Our webinars were very much me sitting with a PowerPoint, clicking through some <laughs> slides, being like, and this is why XYZ. Still very beneficial, and I try to keep yeah, it yeah. fun and lighthearted. But we removed the slides and kept it really casual. And I'm really impressed with the sense of community that's coming out of it. People are writing in all of their experiences with engaging employees, if that's our topic. And um, it's been really beneficial. So I want to keep that going. And I do think that it's a great opportunity for companies to connect directly with prospective customers and a great recruiting um, tool as well, if Absolutely, that's what you're interested yeah. in. Mm. Great for employer branding, yeah. You mentioned a customer referral program. Can external consultants, for instance, a reward and benefits consulting firm that might be in with large companies, can they act as a referral partner for 10Spot? Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be one that I would say, let's have a conversation about it. My yeah. email, and I know you'll put this in, uh, sammy at 10spot.com. Should be an email and I can't see why not. We love mm -hmm. a good referral. Yeah. You mentioned gamification earlier. Maybe you kind of answered it in the sense that is our culture ready for 10 spot and what it does and, you know, ask them and find out. But some people might say that gamification is gimmicky or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you see it taking shape and being used? Or is it something that's on the service, but it's the other elements that really drive 10 spot? What are your thoughts around that? Sure. And I'm not going to sit here and say that our platform is, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, you will get, you know, this bonus or incentive or prize. We are not that far down, you know, kind of the gamification rabbit hole, but sure. around things like challenges, you know, where you're completing a specific task and there's points tied to it. That's the whole purpose, you know, of a challenge. So we really encourage um, 
that with with those types of features within our platform yes as the manager you can see how many you know watch togethers that you've participated in or that your colleagues have participated in together but there's no real points around unless it's tied to a challenge there's no real points around you know participating in that i do think to your point some individuals feel like it can be gimmicky some individuals feel like it can just be too much and they're doing this you know what's what's the value that i'm getting from this yes points are important but am i learning anything does it add value to my daily life or is it just something that's like super addictive that that i'm into i'm sure there's i have zero problem with any of those options by the way however i think our model is a little bit more how can we drive the value if there's just points tied to something uh cool and there's fun and games associated with that love that that aspect of gamification but how do we ensure that employees are getting value and managers getting value from our product and if it makes sense to add some type of fun features around that that keep it lighthearted, we will do it but if it doesn't because people are getting value without it great let's leave it as is yeah it's a complicated area i think i'm more pro gamification than anti and i just think back to my hr days when we're trying to drive through change, whether it's improve safety or improve quality or whatever. And if you think, let's put up some posters and then announce something at the weekly meeting for all staff, then that change will not happen. You've, you've got to come at it from a multifaceted sure. way and really drive change. But on the gamification side, I'm kind of seeing it as just one of the many strings to the bow that will help embed change or improve culture and things like that. And there will always be a percentage of people who love to have that sort of fun side and have the, the games or the, the points. And if that helps that group and others want to do things in different ways and, and take advantage of the community aspect, then great. I, I'm all for I it. I could not agree more. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that. Over the weekend, I took uh, several Uber rides and every single driver, I was nearly going to tweet at Uber because it was so shocking. Every single driver said to me, I have 16 more rides to go, five more rides to go, four more, whatever it might be to hit my weekend bonus. And I was like, tell me everything about this experience. And so I was using the Uber ride, obviously, to like kind of pick away at this whole idea of gamifying their uh, rewards incentives. And they would drive until they reached it. I said, what if it's 4am and you're really t- I will do the two more rides until and I was like, wow, brilliant, brilliant. And and I saw very quickly that it absolutely works. It absolutely works for individuals. And, you know, that's kind of human nature. We all kind of like a bit of a challenge. We like a bit of games. We like incentives. That's that's very much within our nature. So why not play into that and make, to your point, things that could traditionally be like absolutely monotonous, you know, conversations, add a little bit of flair. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask um, in a moment, just your thoughts on where the, the world of work's going. But just before I do that, you got me interested the way you react to the Uber ride and getting excited about that. You're always looking at other businesses and what do they do? And you're sitting there in an Uber and you're suddenly talking about gamification or the way they uh, incentivize behavior, things like that. Is that something you enjoy doing? Yeah, unfortunately, I just feel like it's in my nature. I'm sure it's terribly annoying. There's a salad bar <laughs> in, in Atlanta that I went to and I saw how inefficient their operations were. And I truly was just like, hi, um, I'd like to speak with the founder of this, you know, salad bar and better understand. And she told me, she was like, oh, I want each um, person to connect with their salad maker. And that same salad maker walks that customer through the salad bar. And I was like, inefficient, 
don't do it. There should be people at each stations. I don't care about the relationship that I have with the salad maker. Let's move things on. She was like, thanks for the feedback. And I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing that thing. I've got to stop doing it. But I am a hundred percent to your point, one of those individuals that I can't, I don't think I can help myself. I'm extremely curious as well about how other people came up with that concept. Why did you make that decision? What information did you get in order to, you know, kind of guide you down that path? And then how can we make it more efficient and better? I think it's great for a business leader to think like that. On the flip side, your salad will now definitely be much more expensive. But that's yeah, just, you know, that's yeah. Life. or yeah, she's going to be like, never serve her again. <laughs> never come here again. Last thing before I let you go on that one is I recently saw the movie, The Founder, which is a star on Michael Keaton and it's around the formation of McDonald's and fascinating movie and all sorts of stuff goes on it. But there's this amazing moment where he's got the two brothers, McDonald brothers who came up with the first concept of the, of the burger store and they have a tennis court and they've got chalk. They've marked out the kitchen. Where's the stove going to be? Where's the salad going to be? All that kind of stuff. And then they bring in all their staff and their staff mock the restaurant up and actually walk around just with their hands, just waving about in the air. And then they realize, no, that doesn't work. So they scrub the whole thing out, redo it. It's just a fascinating thing. So if you haven't seen it. I loved that film. I've seen (laughs) it a couple of times because to your point, you know, I'm always interested in the backstory behind, you know, major franchises like that. And I feel like there was a story there that was not told. And I'm really glad that they did a nod towards that. Yeah. So before I let you go, you're already at the cutting edge of what's going on and employee engagement and that side of things. What do you see coming down the line in HR and the world of work? Sure. What I'm seeing a lot of now that I think will only be enhanced in the future is a very customized or personalized employee experience. And that's from hire through to retire. I think the way that people look for jobs is going to be highly customized. Ideally, AI can start scrubbing your resume and then seeing what's available and saying like, hey, in 12 years, you want to be a CMO or a CEO or whatever, you know, department that you'd like to lead or VP, whatever it might be. Here are several jobs that will get you on the path there. And then it'll, you know, apply for you. And then that experience, the interview process and the communication will be so personalized and customized to you. Then the first day, the first 30, 60, 90 days, all the way through to, you know, when you retire, I think will become there is no one size fits all anymore there is no blanket experience i think it's going to become highly tailored to individual employees and that is something that i'm really excited about i also think work in general like uh full-time employees i'm already seeing this now and i'd love to ask your opinion on this i have several friends that have three full-time jobs full-time jobs that are working for several different companies and it's because they're absolutely fantastic in their role that they are efficient and they can scale their skill set you know to handle three different jobs the three different jobs don't know about each other but they can make it work they have either assistants or virtual assistants that help coordinate you know which calendar is what but it got me thinking about this whole freelance world and how there are so many there's so much incredible talent and do they need to remain tied to one business for their entire career. I, I don't know the answer to that. What are your thoughts? I agree. I remember 15 or 20 years ago, there was a, an unfair dismissal case. A guy got terminated and then claimed whatever. And the reason he'd been terminated is the IT department said, hang on, we're being hacked by China. What's going on? And this guy was a financial analyst or accounting role, something like that. And he had farmed out his entire job to three or four different virtual assistants. I want you to download this file and sort it into um, descending order of this and then color it purple and send it back to me. The next one I want, and that's all that was going on. 
And so there was no access to private information because it was coming out of his folder, but it looked like they were being hacked. And so they freaked out. But that guy, apparently he turned up, he'd surf Facebook, whatever it was at the time for an hour and then have his coffee and then go and chat. And he didn't have 10 spot, unfortunately. So there was less of that engagement, but uh, brilliant. And I, I, I think there's more, but back then that was bad. Now that's just genius. It's so smart. It's more productive and potentially opens up a person like that to new opportunities to work for different clients and things like that. So yeah, I think it's highly likely that we'll see more of that sort of stuff. Yeah, the future of, I don't even know if it would be called freelance by that stage. It might have a completely different, you know, terminology associated Hopefully something with it. more cool like Skylance cool. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's coin that. Heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> so last one, Sammy, um, if people want to learn more about Tenspot, what should they do next? Okay, one, check out www.tenspot.com. Two, Check us out on LinkedIn. We give out a lot of information and fun things going on on LinkedIn. Also webinars and insights and stuff like that from myself nice. are, are there too. Uh, we're just forward slash 10 spot on LinkedIn. And otherwise, feel free to, I know I mentioned my email earlier, but Sammy at 10 spot.com if you want to chat. Brilliant. Thank you for your time and sharing the 10 spot story. I wish you all the best with it. Thank you so much, Ben, for having me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.